Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Universe Extended right here on Planning Phase Syndicate. Tonight, I know the thing says episode four. I'll fix that. It's I, I'll fix that in a minute. <laughs> it is not episode bloody four. It is episode five that we are going to be discussing right here and right now. And yes, if you don't know, I'm excited and I'm very excited. Actually, I'm so excited. I've watched this episode twice. Um, in the last uh, uh, three three days. So, with that being said, let me bring my co-host in, Mr. JJ, the better-looking, with no Giants hat, Johnson. <laughs> How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, I was so, so excited by this episode. There's so much to unpack on this one. Um, this was... I think the show is just getting better as the, the, the season progresses. Fantastic. I absolutely love this this episode. Yeah, this, this episode, hands down, hands down. And so we're going to say, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you are here, damn it, my Band-Aid's coming off. If you are here, <laughs> I look stupid on camera. If you are here and you have not watched the fifth episode, walk on out or stay if you don't want to have to watch it and you just want our opinion on it. I guess JJ wants to walk out too. I don't know why the hell he wants to walk out, but either which way, spoiler alert for this now i'm excited because of the pure fact that inside of this show we got to see vader we got to see reva we got to see kind of how vader interacts with people and then we got to on top of that we got to see all of the different um mechanics of how obi-wan is kind of coming back into his element definitely coming back into his element compared to where he was before so before we had an obi-wan that was kind of like uh uh i don't know what to do i'm stuck i have no idea what's going on i i just i don't get anything (laughs) and 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 now all of a sudden we're getting into well obi-wan is making decisions that we would go oops uh are you sure you want to make that decision obi-wan are you sure that's the right call but needless to say He's here for it and ready to go. JJ, what was on a high level? What was your take of the whole episode? Yeah. Uh, really, uh, really interesting. I, the first thing, the, the callback um, to Vader's memories uh, when he, he was training with Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, uh, like during the, the era where he was still pad one. Um, just seeing that interaction between them, he's trying to teach him, and you can tell Anakin at this point is still—he's very, very talented at, um, at as a lightsaber duelist, and he's like pushing back Obi Wan. Um, but Obi Wan has that experience behind him, and he's trying to teach Anakin about that experience, about you know the way of the Jedi. You know, it's not to like achieve that ultimate victory, um, but it's more for. Um, for defense right like that's the the path of the jedi and just setting that expectation going forward um for for that episode just based on that that previous interaction um was was great foreshadowing i i liked it a lot it also um helped kind of bridge the gap when when anakin complains to padme during the clone wars uh movie when he talks about how he's frustrated with obi-wan because he feels like he's holding him back and I think this is this particular um, 
this particular scene is what he's referencing, right? His Anakin feels like he's not recognized for his abilities to wield a lightsaber and the way that he can use the force. And he feels that the, what Obi-Wan is trying to teach him is just essentially him holding him back for it. And he resents him for it. Um, so it, it was absolutely great foreshadowing. Um, and then just adding on the extra element with Riva. And um, yeah, great. And I'm absolutely, side note too, absolutely uh, thrilled that they did not break canon with the Grand Inquisitor. Um, I'm, I was really happy to see him finally back. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you see, uh, all right, so there's a meme that was going around and it's got the Grand Inquisitor dressed up in like a dress shirt and, and pants oh, yeah. and a tie. And the, the impractical it, jokers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The impractical joker thing where they're all like talking in Vader's headset. And they're like, okay, now tell Griva she's a grand inquisitor to go ahead. Tell her that. And then also you see them all like <laughs> laughing and that, okay. Hands down. That is literally like, that is the highlight of my life this week. Like I'm dead serious. Like I saw that and I texted everybody I knew that had watched that episode everybody i posted in chat i couldn't post it in the um like on discords because like everybody's got these spoiler learning things and it's like yeah, ah, yeah. i don't know who's seen this and that like really yeah. i feel like saying we're five episodes in this happened three episodes ago for fuck's sake can i just like can i just tell you this because th this meme is probably the funniest thing i've seen hands down in a long time and i look at a lot i watch a lot of tiktok so this like i don't know this and it feels like i just need a key and peel with this that's what i feel like i need i need a key and peel in my life that comes over and and like does this for me like like puts the skit into place like that's what i feel yeah. um but holy shit man holy shit so not only is reva not dead after this episode but neither is the grand inquisitor mm -hmm. at all and and so like also we see the grand inquisitor come back and it's like yeah uh, look at me bitches they don't explain it we don't understand how he's back we just know he's here that's all we know we so, can make assumptions it stands to reason that the, even though he was impaled in the guts they obviously missed any important organs because he came back and he seems obviously fine and same thing with reva at the end of the episode she was also impaled through this to the stomach um, she's probably going to be okay too um, to have her final face off um, here. I, whether she's going to recover by the in one episode, I doubt it. Um, but she was obviously alive enough to not bleed out on the desert. So I mean, we'll see. Uh, how about this? Now think about it this way too. Like so, Vader. So spoiler alert. I guess I can stop saying that now. But so Vader essentially goes to her right and says, "You got played." You got played player like that's like like that's what he's saying is like you got played and we're going to get to the Vader force ability here in just a second because I want to discuss that because I think that's highly important to discuss because it's a so out there compared to what we've seen for Vader. We have to have that conversation like that. That's a full conversation just in and of itself. But. But but but. Reva, he basically tells Reva he's been played. She's been played, right? And it's like, uh, all right, you know, that's kind of fair. It's a little weird that Obi-Wan, like, thinks she's going to be a good guy. And this is where I say, like, if I have any qualms with the episode, it's that piece. It's like, I don't want a redemption arc for Reva. I do not need that. 
bad guys are sometimes bad guys. Stop pulling this little Disney card here, folks. And and let's like she can just be a bad guy. Now, my theory is that she's going to go to Tatooine, right? You know, and she's going to look for Luke and she's going to kidnap him and hold him hostage. And they're, you know, how many like paradox shit that they're creating right now. Like all this shit about I, Luke and Leia not supposed to be seen for like 12 years, 20 years is just going to it's I, blowing I into the know. water now. I don't think Reva makes it to Luke, honestly. She'll she'll make it just as far as Darth Maul, which is the desert where they're gonna bury her body. And that's probably where Maul gets buried later on too, right next to Reva. And that would be fair. Like I, I agree with you if she never gets there. I hope there's no redemption arc. But the the way I feel it is she's now gonna go for revenge of some sort. Or and again, I don't understand this because like she hasn't put two and two together that there's another child there. She just knows he's protecting something. And like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I like the fact that they call her out. And basically, she's she was one of those like younglings that survived, which 100 percent is probable. Right. Like, I mean, and, and I hate to say this. Because I don't want to make this a whole political thing, but if you think about it, how many times in school shooting type things do kids have to fake and like they teach kids what do you do, you know, like yeah. to not get killed? Like, which is really disgusting that in our real life we have to actually deal with this. And it's not I just know. something that's in a fantasy, but it makes total sense to me <laughs> that yeah. she would play dead and continue to live. And I don't think she's the first um person to play dead uh before. Yeah. Yeah, that Deslin, one hundred percent. That's a thing. Just yes, it's it, it, they. We could. I, I used to have a political podcast, folks. Just so you know, before this, I don't. But yes, it, it is a discussion point that uh, that they tell you if there's a need to do that. Yes. Yeah, active shooter drills, like stuff yep. like that. Yeah. And I don't want to get political because I'm pretty i'm pretty political person outside of my x-wing life so i don't want to alienate a bunch of people um but yes in in american society in a and if something that should not be controversial like um we should not allow children to be murdered just saying like this seems kind of logical to me especially when the majority of the population has children like do you think yeah. this i don't know like to me this seems pretty anyway but bringing it back to the the whole Obi Wan trying to like uh, collaborate or get Reba to collaborate with him to turn on to Vader and to do it, I don't think that Obi Wan had any intention of uh, of like facing Vader at that point there because even if he did, he was putting the lives of all the other people that were trying to escape from there on the line just so he can what duel Vader with Reba's backup. Uh, I, I like I, I think that he purposely set her up so that way um, so that way he can cause that infighting between Vader and Reva, honestly. Yep. And I think this is where they don't know where to go. They didn't know where to go with it, because, right, if Obi-Wan gets captured, he has to get out of it somehow. Like we could go back to a Mandalorian uh, season two where um, Grogu gets captured, right? Not because they want him to, but because it was like part of the plot. And they have to go rescue him. Obi-Wan could have been like given himself up to be captured. 
But let's be frank and tell you what happens in the Empire when you get put on one of those ships, right? We don't have a Luke to come save you. We don't have a Leia. We don't have any, but who's going to come save them? Like, who's out there? Like, Ahsoka would have to, like, all of a sudden go, hey, buddy, remember me? I'm here to (laughs) save you, which could have been really cool to, like, kind of, like, transition it, right? Like, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, like, I feel that like they had to avoid that conundrum like yeah they're exactly. treading this yeah. line man there's a that's a it's it, a line they're treading and to be fair so far i think they've done a good job treading it because they're they're still adding like fresh content without breaking the continuity too much like they, they shake it up a little bit but not to the point that it breaks the continuity like wholly right because there's there's still a few things you're like uh, okay you know but um, but yeah, no, I, I think that so far they've done a, a really good job uh, story wise, you know, just developing these characters with these particular events that are going on um, and not having an affect the history of everybody else. Right. Because we've seen everything that Luke has gone through for it. Um, but when we're introduced to Leia, she's obviously a much more experienced person and the nuances between the rebellion and the empire by the time we meet her and, and, um, in episode four and then uh you know younger versions of herself in like rebels um where she's very very well anti-empire at that point and she's helping people out um so it stands to to make sense that she's had this previous interaction and and how they wrote her story for it um her drive to help you know people escape the empire or break away from the empire right um but uh but yeah you know i think that uh that the there's still a lot that um that they could still touch upon um for this particular series or at least series similar to this um that can still help develop uh the characters or at least side characters around it like i i do want to see a little more uh vader of like what he's done um during the time uh post clone wars um, like I, I would love to see a Vader series. I think that Hayden Christensen so far has done a phenomenal job as Darth Vader um, and just wanting to see more of like, you know, b- behind the scenes on like what drives him, right? Like it, are there moments that he hesitated where he's like, he's a ruthless killer at one point and then other points that he hesitates because of an old memory that comes up, right? And just seeing like how the good in him eventually gets, you know, to the point that he actually turns on on Pelp, yeah, and I think I think that right there, <clears throat> you froze JJ, but I think that right there is is a key because we do get a redemption arc right with with Anakin, but it's a very muddled redemption arc. It's definitely not the um like fully fleshed out type thing that we see, you know, in other places. Um, this this arc itself is definitely something that could be a whole nother show. And I think it's interesting if we say, Hey, um, how do we get another, you know, how do we get a Vader, you know, series, right? Like, can we get a, a, a whole breath of things? And I think, you know, if we, if you've read the Thrawn books and I'm going to spoiler it here. So if you've not read the bloody Thrawn books, if you go back to the very first set, Thrawn meets Anakin before he's Vader. Right. And then later on, he meets Vader. And so the second set of series, he actually meets Vader. And like, there's a whole discussion about a Skywalker, right? Because in the Thrawn world, the, 
um, children that they use are called Skywalkers to help navigate the Outer Rim and all these other like foreign areas. And it's crazy because Luke's or I'm sorry, you know, Anakin Skywalker, right? You know, like and it's it's a cool way that Timothy Zahn has kind of done some things together. Um, And I feel that that's that he probably didn't purposely set this up. But that's a good lead in a good setup piece for going into future discussions and, and future ways of bringing about things. And you can have a Vader series, especially once Ahsoka comes out. If we get thrown into Ahsoka, you can have a Vader series where you see kind of what happens to Vader, where he comes from and kind of some of that interaction, because I feel that Thrawn was a big influence on Vader. And, you know, because Vader comes in and, in the books as this hard ass. He's this yeah. like, I'm this asshole. I'm this, you know, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Thrawn's like, well, hold on a second. And there's a conflict and it's an actual conflict. And Pelt basically is like, I'm going to pit you two fuckers together because I'm too stupid to figure out that I should just stick with one of you. You know, like Pelt's, I don't know. Pelt drives me nuts as a, as a leader. He, he's an inferior leader. He, he just, he, oh my God. Um, gets, gets, his enjoyment from making people dance um to him right to curry their favor to him that's what pop enjoys because if you take a look at the entire structure of the moths on how they constantly screw each other over just so they can gain favor with palpatine palpatine obviously enjoys that and that's why he's constantly manipulating people with getting their favor and constantly turning people against each other because he enjoys that that's that's his way of feeling that he has the power um in, in the empire right um that's that's how he does it that's at least how i've interpreted based on all the books that we've had where there's been interactions with the emperor and seeing like the the, the backstory of like all these moths and stuff and how they interact with each other yeah and i wouldn't be opposed to actually getting like a dark plagueis uh dark sidious like show either to some extent right i mean that guy's pretty old um, at this point, we could probably replace him with the next Palpatine. <laughs> you know, ironically, <laughs> anyway, but we could probably replace him um, with somebody and 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 be able to have that series too. But before we talk any more about that, I want to talk about Vader because yes. Vader has been very ambiguous, right? In in terms of the Star Wars series and how how he is powers are right in like the title of our last show you know you know essentially was kind of like to me a play on words like when we get rogue one be careful to not choke on your aspirations and then there's Vader choking somebody and you know like vader choking people vader chokes people we did not see vader choke people we saw pure hatred and anger like vader is so pissed off that reva did not sequester obi-wan yeah and to me vader almost knows he was being betrayed but he's so cocky he doesn't care and that's anakin for you right that's 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 an anakin trait anakin is a cocky little shit that fucking like he's just a cocky asshole like he's really (laughs) i don't like yeah go back and watch the clone wars you be like seriously you watch the clone wars like like i don't know how people like anakin he's just such a fucking asshole um yeah, and Anakin, Anakin's trade is always spring the trap, right? 
like he knows that there's a trap there, but he's going to go in there anyway and spring the trap because his he's confident in his ability to just deal with whatever comes in, and that's exactly what he does. Yeah, and maybe right. he's like crispy. Maybe maybe Vader and crispy are the same person, right? Like he's just like I'm so confident in my skills, I'm going to come into GSP Solace and just take it over. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the raw energy that we see from Vader is just like unmatched in some of the, sh- the 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 movies that we've seen. Like is there any other movie that we've seen where Vader has been able to not only stop a fleeting starship but rip a fucking hole in it and drop it to the ground? No. Um so That's pretty impressive. So a lot of people were like um, making comparisons to this to the Empire Strikes Back scene, right? Uh, where he enters the hangar and he sees the Falcon uh, take off, take up and go out, right? So, and they're saying, you know, why is Vader able to do that in this particular episode versus the, the Millennium Falcon? So right away, um, you got to think about the difficulty of, of using the force to stop a ship that's in motion, right? Um, if you took a look at the size comparison of this particular transport versus the Millennium Falcon, the Falcon is bigger. It also has modified engines, which can output a lot more thrust upon lifting versus this basically is a cargo hauler that they were in there um, that doesn't necessarily have that engine output. Um, and then on top of that, the mass of the ship as well, right? A, a heavier mass ship, it's going to require a lot more force to attempt to stop which is why Vader is able to easily stop that empty ship and um, and basically force it down. And he still had a little bit of difficulty doing that, right? Because he was still struggling to leave and Vader is holding him the whole time. And then finally manages to rip it down. And when the engine shut off, that's when he was able to rip the hull open from that particular ship and find that it had been empty. Um, you, you, you're not going to see that. Uh, happen with the Falcon because it's it's going to require a lot more effort on Vader's part to do that. And at that point, by Empire Strikes Back, Vader's a lot older um, and d- doesn't necessarily have the same stamina um, for for See, that. Kind I, of I would disagree with but. you a little bit on the stamina thing. I think he does. I think the difference is is the drive in the, the between the two, right? Like yeah. Vader walking into the hangar with Han Solo. There's no Obi Wan in there. Obi-Wan's yeah. not in there, right? Like, he has this focused desire to torture Obi-Wan right now. Yeah. He is still, like, he is, it's like he caught his wife cheating on him with Obi-Wan. That's what it just feels like, like, energy-wise. Like, he's yeah. that angry. You know, he's like, oh, you shouldn't have been, mm, I can't take it out on my wife because she don't exist anymore. And I'm even more angry now because she doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's what this feels like is like, it's just like ultimate pure like rage. Like now I have two other things I want to interject here, though. Right. One, we never see what happens. to the, it, there's a pilot in that ship, supposedly, because otherwise, how the fuck would that ship fly away? Uh, it, it could have been a, a droid or an automated. Okay. On a, the other thing is, do you think that was an illusion? No, they, they really don't allude to whether it is or it doesn't. It could have been an illusion that was created by Obi-Wan. So I don't I remember seeing that ship sitting there beforehand. So it, I think it's actually one of the ships that they originally escaped from in episode two. Remember that, uh, that Leia and, and Obi-Wan get into a ship to escape from Riva. 
Um, and still in later on, Leah's like, well, can't you change the course or whatever? Like, no, it's fully automated. There's nothing I could do about it. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I think it's a similar type of show essentially because it's meant for cargo, not necessarily like a transport for people. Yep. And they hit coordinates. Somebody hits take off and they just happen to plan it exactly at the right time. Ironically enough, that painter comes in here, but yeah. Yeah. Cause it sends the reason it's a pretty big hangar, so it could fit more than one ship. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would think so. However, um, I, whoever is manning the tractor beam on that uh, on Vader's uh, ISD, the Devastator, is yeah. going to get four stroke when Vader comes back. <laughs> yeah. They should. They should because it's like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, how did that thing just escape? Like, did yeah. they, like I mean, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I thought the same thing too. And the, how about this? The other thing is we have Tala, right? I got a thermal detonator. Go without me. And it's like, why are you holding it? Why didn't you throw it? Because the stormtroopers didn't see it. She was trying to get them to come in closer so that way she can take them out. They did kind of see it because they started to run. JJ, no, they, they only ran when Riva said run because she saw the thermal detonators. Everybody else is still branching forward. So she did a uh, she. she still concealed it to the point right before it exploded and then at that point when she said run dense when they started turning to run i know because i had to go see that scene again uh to see like the timing on that because to me to me what it feels like is a way for them to say well we're not going to kill off reva right here because like if you think about it if she just threw it and let it roll it would have killed reva it would have killed reva and a whole bunch of people she could have force pushed it out if she saw it Remember when it was rolling. They could see they could see things before it happened. So I mean, she could. It could have ended up worse. It could have. I don't know. Like it just that that's another one of those like okay like really yeah okay. I don't yeah. know. Like that was a silly like the thermal detonator type thing feels silly. Like they could have just used any other bomb where you hit a button and it blows up right and then it's like yeah. oh we hit a button and it blows up it solves that problem it's a dead man switch but- call it a day. Tala only had five loadout points. She couldn't find a sixth one to load the proxy man. Okay. All right. Uh, I hope yeah. we don't get a Tala pilot. Uh, I'll say that. I don't, I don't want, I don't want. No, that. I think that they, they named Tala squadron after her. That's, that's my belief on, on why they introduced her to that. Um, I, but that I, could be that. that, that that's kind of, that makes sense. Yeah. And then um, uh, seeing Leah go, um, okay, so the whole transmission with Bail Organa, um, like basically spilling the entire secret that they're trying to keep secret over that communicator, and then later on it gets dropped off. Like, I think Bail could have been a little more careful in encoding that message, you know, like using code words and stuff like that you know not specifically mentioned hey there's another child that's over there that data doesn't know about you make sure that nobody knows that this person is exactly at this location where they can go find them at this address <laughs> like dude you didn't have to say all that over the transmission like come on bail come on you're center yeah, yeah. right Alan. yeah like yeah exactly like uh, yeah uh, how did you live uh, until other all around exploded because here's where <laughs> This is the big thing, right? Like, to some extent, Vader doesn't know there's another child or there's a child, right? Like, Vader's so focused on Obi-Wan, which is kind of weird. You know, you would think Reva would have said that. 
but maybe she's just so focused on her revenge piece, which I was a little surprised by. I was not, I, I did not call that she was actually out for revenge on Anakin. I knew she was a youngling, but I didn't think she was out for revenge on Anakin. My theory was, is that she was just another like, you know, bootlicker that was trying to, you know, like be top dog. And my theory was, is that Vader was actually training her in the ways of the Sith, right? To So that she could be the next apprentice. So once he kills Pelp, she's there because that's, that's the rule of two. That's how they train them. And maybe Pelp officially just kind of like said, fuck all right. You know, like maybe Pelp isn't training in, in the rule of two anymore. Maybe Pelp's just like, screw the shit. I just want to be me and I don't want anybody else to usurp me. So he's like disregarding it. Um, and, and you got to think Bane, like for example, Bane, and this is where, Oh my God. Why can I not get a fucking Bane show? Fuck everybody else. I just want a Bane show. Like that is <laughs> like amazing. Like those books hands down are very well written and I want a Bane show and I don't care what anybody says. And um, I think maybe we should make a fan Bane show or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not a showmaker. I got If you know people that can make TV shows or animated <laughs> shows or shit online, get with me. I'll help you write it because Bane is an amazing fucking character. Just like, oh, my God. Like Thrawn is my number one. Bane is my number two. And I do like Sith. Yeah, 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 yeah blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like the evil piece of everything. Um. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on how the how this is going to going to end up or particularly how the transport part is going to resolve? Do you think that we're going to see uh, an appearance, a, a fulcrum, a Soka fulcrum saving the ship? Um. Because remember, think, she yeah, could arrive, not reveal herself as a Jedi or as a Force user. And only one person would know who she is. Yeah. So, yes, because I think Fulcrum shows up in that essence in other ways. And I'm trying to remember. Here's where I'm a little fuzzy because I don't uh, 100% remember, like, date timelines. But I think she's in full Fulcrum mode at this point point yes right like i think technically 10 years 10 and a half years later she's officially that piece and she's already dealt with one inquisitor technically which is in canon actually yeah um Mm -hmm. so yes i do think that fulcrum probably shows up and probably saves the day because disney likes to tie their shows together um completely tie their shows together so it would make sense if that happened I would also understand if somehow that ship was able to be saved by some small segment of the rebellion. And that's kind of like the beginning of understanding that these outcrops are now becoming a major thing, right? Like that this network of cells is not really just a network of cells. It's now becoming a collective, right? And that's what the whole show rebels is about is like, everybody is these, these, these cells and they make a big point about this. Like in fairness, this show makes a big point about that, right? Yeah. I And again, I don't remember if Fulcrum was active before Rebels. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, in she? the Ascoka okay. book, um, she, uh, Bale mentions that he had another uh, person working for him that he gave them the codename Fulcrum. And then she also takes that 
um, that title as well um, to help. Okay. Because that's the code name for everybody that, that does it. Even Callus later on in Rebels, he also assumes the, the code name Fulcrum because he becomes an agent to help the Rebellion um, by providing information. So, yeah, I, I think that would work out. Yeah. So I could see that is is a very possible viability. I could also see um, one of the, I mean, one of the segment or segments show up and just kind of say, "Hey, we're here to help you," um, type thing. And and and, and you know, maybe this is just because I I've been watching Resistance lately, and like there was a call where um, Kaz calls, you know, in season one, and Kaz basically says, "Hey, we're fucking in trouble. The First Order's here. Hey, Leia, hey Leia, we're in trouble." And she basically says, "Sorry, we don't have enough uh, people to help you," type thing. Yeah. Um, and I, but I could see the exact opposite of how the rebel starts out being able to help. So it might not be our fulcrum that we know and love. Um, it might be uh, another fulcrum um, agent. I don't know. I, I I like it. I think I think it fits. Um, the bad batch. Yeah, and, and that, <laughs> that that would kind of like. Oh my god! If you if you give me a live action bad batch, fuck man, like <laughs> shit, dude, like. I mean, because be we awesome, don't actually. we don't know exactly what Rex has been doing, in fairness, right? Or Cody? Yeah. There's Rex and Cody still, and we know kind of a little bit about Rex, but we don't know about Cody. Yeah, I would love to see Cody and Cody be like, "Hey, Obi Wan, I'm sorry I shot at you, man, but I had a chip in my head." Because the the theory is is Cody is going to show up in um, uh, Bad Batch too. So, yeah, which I can't wait for. Like, I'm excited. I actually. I taught my son and I once the um this show is done, we're gonna watch Bad Batch over again together. So when yeah, it comes out uh this August. Yep. Right? Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I really like that show a lot, you know, personally. I thought it I thought it fit the I think there were some slow episodes, but I thought it fit the vein of the Clone Wars. Um yeah. uh, uh in and of itself. So all right. Well, I think we covered everything for the show. Um, really, there isn't much. The only question I really have is uh, Leia's stupid little droid that they reprogrammed. You know, I and was not happy. It was just like a, resi- a restrainer pull on it. Like, I thought that she actually reprogrammed the whole droid. Um, turns out she didn't. So le- Was it restrainable? I, I have to look at it again. Because it was dark. It's so. this tiny little, like, can-looking thing. So okay. I'm pretty sure that's the restraining bolt, but I'm not sure. Like, I, like yeah. that's my theory is that's what that was. Um, okay. And that solves the ability for Leia to not have to kill her droid, which whatever. I mean, um, imagine her like having to make a tough decision. Do I kill the bot that I love or this monster that's now like trying to kill everybody? Yeah, that would that would be a little bit better. Um, But that's just me. But that's essentially what it was. Yeah, there you go. Deslin agrees with me. That it's yeah. essentially what it was. So, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I don't think there's any other major plot points we have to cover tonight. Um, overall, I would rank that as my favorite episode so far. Um, hands down, I think that's the best episode I've seen. Um, oh, yeah. And wait, seeing Leia use the, the force without knowing it. Yep. If that happens, I think that's pretty amazing. I am okay with that breaking a cannon a little bit too. Like I think that's a little bit okay with with to break cannon. 
So, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we will get it. Maybe we won't. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week with another amazing episode of Planning Face Syndicate. If you are watching this because you like our after our universe extended discussion, um, join us for our podcast at 9 p.m. Eastern Central every Eastern time, not Central Eastern time every every Sunday at 9 p.m. And where we cover X-Wing related topics, whatever's going on in the meta, training, anything that we could think of. Um, maybe Hootie from uh, Owl House. We'll talk about him a little bit more next week uh, <laughs> as well. Love me some Hootie. And uh, yeah, uh, if, if you're here for the Universe Extended, we will do another episode next week. Is next week the last episode, JJ? Yes, next week okay. is the finale. Yep. So... <sighs> It's mm, all right. from what I understand, it's a long runtime of an hour and 33 minutes. So. All right. So, all right. You and I got to talk offline. I don't know if I, if we want to get crab rock involved, crab rock involved in, yeah, in this, yeah. this last one. So there's that, a possibility, yeah. there's a possibility we might do the spoiler cast before our normal show. Yeah. Um, we'll, we, if you're on our discord, we'll make sure to let you know on discord. That, that'll be our main forward communication. But there's a possibility we might get Crab Rock and we might air at 8 p.m. Um, I got I, here's the big issue: I I might be out of town and I don't know if I'll be back in time. So, um, I my wife and I are working out the details this week, Monday or Tuesday. I'll let you know. Um, so it depends if my because my wife might be going to Ann Arbor to visit her relatives and they want me to come on the weekend when I'm not working. So, but okay. Um, any anyway, I, my our goal will be to talk to Crab Rock and and see if he can cast with us for the last and final episode of obi-wan kenobi yeah absolutely awesome thank you all we'll see you next week we will be doing a spoiler cast next week whether we have crab rock or not it, it'll just depend on whether we do it before or after the show we will fucking do one though there is no if ands or buts about it i am super excited for what the finale has <laughs> and i already have made plans to make sure my wednesday is at home Later. for work so that that way I can watch it on my lunch hour. Thank you all. Have a good night and we'll see you on the morrow. See ya.